Uh, there we go. Hello, everyone. I am Catherine Brown. I'm the Public Relations Director with INE. Uh, thanks so much for to everyone who's joining us. Really appreciate um, all of you jumping into this, what we hope will be a, a super exciting um, webinar on all things cloud. We have some amazing guests with us, INE instructor Philip Wiley and John Helmus. I'm going to go through some introductions uh, for them in just a few minutes, but um, also want to say hello to our Facebook audience out there. And um, we are streaming live on Facebook. So if you have questions uh, on Facebook, you can go ahead and just post them in the um, comment section below and um, we'll try to get to as many as we can. If you're watching on our webinar stream, then um, just post the questions in the Q&A section of the uh, webinar, and we will again try to get to as many um, as we can. Um, let's see. All right, uh, John and Philip, if you guys can flip on your cameras, we will go ahead and get started. Hey guys, how are you? Hey Catherine, great. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey John. Hey Catherine, how are you? I am great, looking forward to getting started. Um, so just a little bit of housekeeping first, uh, just to let you know this webinar is being recorded. You'll get a copy emailed to you tomorrow if you registered uh, online or if it's on, or if you're watching on Facebook, we'll go ahead and post this on Facebook so you can watch it back as well. Uh, I already mentioned the Q&A, we'd love to hear your questions. Uh, you can post them in the comment section on Facebook or in the Q&A section on, uh, on, on the webinar and we'll get to as many as we can. I know we had a, a bunch of questions submitted Submitted through the registration for the webinar. So we've uh, we've got a long queue of those and uh, we're gonna put Philip and John on the spot for those, but it uh, should, be, should be a fun discussion. John looks scared, but I know he can answer <laughs> anything, right? Of course, of course. Um, again, my name is Catherine Brown. I'm PR Director here at uh, INE and uh, welcome to this month's edition of BizTech Blueprint in the Clouds. We have with us, as I mentioned, Philip Wiley, uh, INE instructor. Philip has more than two decades of experience with information technology and cybersecurity. His specialties include penetration testing and application security. When Philip is not hacking, which is pretty rare, he is educating others, which is his other passion, I know. Um, Philip is the, uh, the founder of the PWN School Project. It's an education-focused cybersecurity organization. And he also co-authored the book, The Pentester Blueprint, Starting a Career as an Ethical Hacker, based on his popular talk that he has given at numerous industry events. He's an Innocent Lives Foundation ambassador, which I know he is very, very proud of. And a hacking is not a crime advocate. Uh, Philip had a pretty uncommon journey into cybersecurity as he started out as a uh, pro wrestler in the 1980s where he uh, once wrestled a bear named Samson. <laughs> <laughs> Man. One of these days I'm gonna post that picture up here, Philip. Okay. <laughs> uh, also joined by John Helmus. John is a, a hacker, leader, author, professor, been working in engineering and information technology and security for more than a dozen years uh, with positions ranging from consulting to DOD red teaming and teaching. He's also founder of the platform Offensive Security Interviews. Uh, it's a platform used to support enthusiasts to get into the offensive security field. John uh, is currently a PhD candidate at Dakota State University Cyber uh, Operations Program, holds various certifications, and is also co-author of the book AWS Pen Testing, 
penetration testing, a beginner's guide to penetration AWS. So thank you to you both for being here. Really, really appreciate your time. Um, today we are talking about cloud as the title of this uh, webinar suggests. And um, you know, around the globe, cloud solutions have become more mainstream in businesses large and small, particularly as we've seen this pandemic just continue to uh, envelop the entire world. Um, and it's seen as really a more secure alternative to on-prem solutions. But through discussions that Philip and John and many others in this, um, in this uh, industry have had, is it really a more secure alternative? And what do you need to, to make sure that your cloud solutions are as secure as you want them to be? So in this webinar, we're gonna be talking about cloud security concerns, cloud pen testing, and some best practices. And with that, Philip, I just wanna pitch it over to you first um, to talk a little about this misconception out there. And you classified it as a misconception that cloud uh, is inherently more secure, but, um, but, but you say not really. No, exactly. That's just like anything, any kind of technology that comes out. It's only as secure as the people that administer it. I mean, look at the the uh, Capital One S3 bucket leakage of information. That's an example. So you have to make sure things are are secure. And, and cloud is a good platform, but make sure you're doing everything you need to to secure that, not just ex expect it to be secure by default. And that goes for any kind of technology. What about you, John? What do you think? Yeah, to, to feed off what Phil is saying is that, you know, it's it's only as secure as you make it. And the cloud in and of itself is is built with security by default. However, it's built with security by default until someone interacts with it. That someone is the engineers, the users that are going to be interacting with the services and putting applications on those services. So while the hardware that is being supported by the cloud provider, yes, that is secure in and of itself because as per the SLA, the shared security model that's shared between clients and the cloud provider, it's going to be secure. However, everything on the user level, such as like the applications, um, the encryption models, all that good stuff that we're putting on these services that we're going to be using in the cloud, we still have to maintain the security of whatever it is that we're using within the cloud. And as we move forward, um, you know, in the technology era that we're living in, we're seeing a big uh, uptick in where companies are wanting to do this kind of like lift and shift, or as I like to say, that we want to make sure that we stay with the crowd, that we, we're still with the cool kids. So a lot of uh, medium to large businesses will integrate the cloud into their organization without fully understanding the service level agreements and the, and the security models based around the cloud. And then also for smaller companies, a lot of times it's cheaper to put things in the cloud. However, um, you know, especially with like small companies, they don't always have, you know, the money to fund a bigger staff. So, you know, an engineer might be doing the amount of work that 10 engineers would do at a bigger company. Um, and when that happens, they might not have all of the time to allocate to understanding the security of these cloud services that they're going to be deploying and securing. Um, so, you know, as um, Phil had mentioned, even with the, the big S3 bucket uh, data breach last, last year, uh, I think it was last year, right? COVID has made any time. But with the Capital One attack um, and where it was a big data leak, that was even in a big company, right? So nobody's immune to these types of attacks. 
it, it happens everywhere. But at the uh, at the end of the day, it's really this service level awareness that does become a misconception, but also just doesn't get fully understood. Speaking to uh, to to businesses that are um, you know specifically to businesses that are either considering or recently have switched over to um, a cloud platform. And this is to both of you. I'm John Enfeld. What's the one bit of advice that you would say, you know, if you, if you can do one thing to make sure that you are using cloud in the right way, the most secure way um, to the business leaders who are, who are charged with doing this, what's the one most important bit of advice you would give them? For me, I'm going to say it would be education. And that's not just the people doing the security piece. That's also the the administrators, the system administrators that are administering the cloud. Because one of the things I see, have seen from a pen test over the years and just traditional pen testing, a lot of times the system engineers, the people that are managing the infrastructure, even some of the application developers don't understand securing and configuring that technology itself. So it leaves it open with a lot of vulnerability. So I'd say one of the things you really need to look at is make sure that your team, you know, people managing the cloud, people securing the cloud, understand that technology and understand how to secure that. And just to follow up there, is that a matter of, um, is that a matter of initial education? Is that a matter of constant training within the organization? It'd be a combination of both. So you're getting ready to move into the cloud. Then I would say educate the people before you start to transition and then ongoing education. So especially for security and IT, you re- that really needs to be a lifelong learning process, constantly learning because, you know, there's always new uh, features being added to cloud. So you need to keep up with that. And uh, John, what to, are your thoughts? Yeah, to, to just kind of like piggyback off of what uh, Phil is saying is that, you know, this co- continuous learning is a big part of being a security engineer in and of itself already. So uh, it's almost not solely the responsibility of the security engineer to spread that awareness. However, it is those security teams responsibilities to ensure that the security awareness is being spread out. So as um, Phil had mentioned, you know, security awareness is key. Um, I agree 100% with that to, uh, to also even add to that is to ensure that the companies and the and the teams within these companies or the or the departments within these companies that are uh, deploying and securing and monitoring the cloud, uh, they need to ensure that they are referencing frameworks to deploy or well frameworks to reference on how they build and deploy and to secure their cloud because while the cloud is not new but it is new, there's not a lot of efficient uh, frameworks that are very dynamic um, to help basically build security programs around the cloud. They're, they're there, but there's not nearly as many as there are for just traditional um, you know, information security systems, or I'm sorry, information systems. Um, so you know, security awareness is a big thing. And then also making sure that you're referencing the right type of data to build your security programs that are going to help um, illustrate that awareness to your users uh, is, is a key point. Yeah, and you know, um, as people are beginning to utilize cloud more and more, um, I think there is a a conception out there that that um, platforms hosted by these big names like Amazon and Google are inherently and automatically more secure. Um, we know that 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 isn't the case. 
Can you talk a little about the risks that some people and, and businesses may not be thinking of as they're beginning to implement these, particularly these, these large and very well-known name platforms? Mm, you want to take this, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think just like anything else, trying to under, understand the risk. I think even people like at the management level uh, don't understand it. And that's another, another area for education because one of um, my past jobs as a red team lead for a global consumer products company, there was a lot of people management and on the business side that didn't understand the difference between a vulnerability scan, a security vulnerability assessment, a pen test or red team engagement. So even as far as those topics go, getting the management to understand uh, making sure your architects understand that cloud piece, because that's a really important piece of your infrastructures now and having architects that understand that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, again, 100% agree with <laughs> Phil on this one. Um, you know, the other thing is too, is, uh, no, nobody wants to think about the bad things that are going to happen to them. Right. So they want to, they want to look at the positive and they want to look at the positivity or the positive impact that the cloud's going to provide for them. Right. It's going to help them save money. It's going to make them more fast or much more faster uh, and a lot more agile. However, with that also comes the other side of the coin where if you scale faster than you're able to, you know, efficiently do, you might start to see services go down or you might start to see uh, burnout within your security teams where they can't keep up with securing the cloud and keep up with the whole thing, right? Um, and I know that's a blanket statement, but <laughs> is, uh, is, is that's, a, that's a big thing is that scaling out, honestly, will because the cloud is so easily scalable, um, there's a lot of risks that come with that between burnout in your employees and also having services go down or just not implementing the right security controls within your, uh, your cloud infrastructure, especially um, with scale in mind, when you're scaling, you're deploying often. So you might not create new security controls that need to go into the new deployments that you're pushing out next month be because those might not match what you put out last month. Um, and that's a pretty common uh, trend that happens where uh, just, Services that are two months old need new security controls, but they get pushed out with the same old security controls. So it seems like another issue too that I've seen is management sometimes has these uh, unreasonable timelines. So they're pushing stuff out so quickly that things get missed and get put in insecurely. What's, what's your experience with that? Yeah, it's the usability over security trend, right? Where, yeah. you know, pen testers, we're not foreign to that. That's why that's why we have pen testers to validate and evaluate the uh, those kinds of issues. Um, yeah, no, 100% is where you'll see uh, the, the typical like, hey, this has to be done before you leave the office. And the engineer's like, well, I got to go to my kid's soccer game. So I'm going to go stand up this uh, these instances or these services within the cloud. And then, oh, I'll get to security tomorrow. You know, they, they met the, the usability portion of it. They just didn't worry about the security portion. They say, okay, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. Um, and then, you know, before the semi-annually audit or, or pen test comes around, they forgot to actually implement, implement security controls into the cloud or into that infrastructure that they deployed. And then you have an issue that potentially pops up. So uh, kind of piggybacking off of that, as, um, you know, as leaders are tasked with, migrating their teams onto the cloud, right? And ensuring the best practices and ensuring that 
they are doing all the things that they need to be doing. Um, there, there's also another piece of this puzzle that using the old frameworks to deploy into the cloud enterprises doesn't really work. Correct. Um, how do you ensure right out of the gate that, that everyone understands that and everyone is on board with that? How do you get that buy-in company-wide? Um, I think a big thing, I think a big thing to do with that is to make sure that, uh, when you want company buy-in, especially for a new type of architecture or infrastructure within your organization, you need to have competent leaders at, within your, your department. Um, and in this case with, uh, security architecture in the cloud, um, your best bet is going to be placing your your bets on your enterprise architects that are going to be able to one, build out those new frameworks, referencing other frameworks, rather they be from the cloud or not from the cloud. But those individuals, their job is to build out frameworks for the company to ensure that whatever they're building, deploying is secured properly and monitored properly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really ensuring that leadership and in my opinion, most importantly, that the enterprise architects that are uh, in charge of overlooking the, the development and deployment of uh, what, they're, what they're illustrating and telling their teams to do um, is where you're gonna see the most benefit and the most important buy-in uh, for stakeholders. Philip, what do you think in terms of, of how companies and employees can sort of, um, sort of reformat their brain uh, almost to ensure that they're evaluating the cloud in the right way. Yeah, I think that goes back to education. And, and another thing to kind of, you know, we've mentioned that, you know, management, the architects and, uh, you know, security people all need to understand that, but there need to be some security awareness, maybe some uh, security awareness training for the end users and then show them how to, to properly use it just kind of really just goes back to educating because one of the biggest things you see uh, from a pen tester perspective is things not secured properly, things not deployed properly. You know, when it comes down to breaches, it's either misconfigurations, outdated software, or, uh, you know, easy guest credentials for people to get in. So security awareness, you know, get, you know, cause some of the people that maybe not be deploying the technology, but help the, you know, different supporting uh, people within the organization understand understand the cloud. Um, we have a ton of questions, and so I want to get to as many of them as we can. So if it's okay with you guys, I'm I'm just going to jump right in uh, to some of these questions. The first, uh, and this is to both of you: Is there technology out there capable of protecting us from mass data surveillance? And if so, what would that be? Mass data surveillance. Um, I actually, I, I, I don't know of any off the top of my head. Um, Phil, do you, do you? I can't think of any technologies. That's just going to be, you know, practicing, you know, things for, for good privacy, make sure that, you know, as far as like people using search engines, you use search engines that are not tracking you, be careful with using, uh, you know, some of the virtual assistants like the Alexas and, and Google Home and those sort of things, just, you know, you know, just, you, it's a manual process. So you just have to educate yourself on that. I really don't know many tools that really, really do that. Is that sort of thing where um, at this point, the uh, the horse is out of the, 
gate, right? And um, and it's just up to each individual person to kind of put those safeguards around themselves to make sure that they're guarding themselves. Because yes. is it a situation where at this point, you know, you you should just assume that there's mass data surveillance and do what yes. you can to protect yourself? Yeah. yeah, I think it's just, you know, one of these things as an individual, you know, don't depend on your company to protect you because, you know, a lot of people are just really starting to get into the the privacy area. You look at GDPR over in the the over in Europe, you know, for privacy and some of the California privacy laws. This stuff starting to catch on, but don't wait till your company, uh, you know, starts to get in compliance with that stuff. You know, be proactive and you know, kind of monitor the apps that track where you are. Uh, you know, only use you know, limit the access to your location that sort of thing. Uh, you know, just limit that. Just educate yourself and and protect yourself. Cause you don't want to be tracked and, and you're, you're, you know, use safer browsers like uh duck, duck go. And, you know, the, I mean, search engines and that sort of thing. So you just kind of have to educate yourself on privacy and be careful, you know, use VPNs when you're out in public, you know, make sure you're using the antivirus and that sort of thing. You just have to kind of educate yourself because you really can't depend on even outside of work, your, your ISPs or these different places you may go to to use public Wi-Fi. You can't depend on someone else to secure you. You have to take, you know, take that upon yourself. You want something done right, you got to do it yourself, right? That was what our mom taught us. <laughs> um, all right, another good question here. Will network security become obsolete because of AI? We're hearing so much about AI. It's, it's like having a moment right now. Um, will network security become obsolete? I think that depends on like the timeline that you want to give it in. I don't think uh, in any time, in a, at least not not in the the current timeline, like maybe ten, the next ten to twenty years, um, just because there's network security everywhere. Even in the cloud, you have your you have your your cloud is hosted in a network and it has networks inside of it. Um, and with AI taking over, I don't know if it would make. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's going to make uh, network security you know, go away or, but are obsolete. But I do think that AI will help improve a lot of the ways of how we secure our perimeters within our infrastructure on the network, um, just because it's, it's able to assist us so much, but you still are going to have, you're still going to have to have an engineer or uh, an array of engineers that are going to have to keep up with the AI technology that's going to be integrated and execute or i'm sorry integrated and deployed within networks right so therefore you're still going to have to have a network engineer that specializes in that ai technology so i wouldn't say it would go away completely it's just going to change right has as time move fo yeah, moves forward it's just going to change anything to add to that phil no, i agree you, you constantly hear that that subject all the time ai and machine learning replacing things uh you know Outside of like network security, I think as far as pen testing, I think it's going to enhance the tools and create better tools, but I don't think it's replacing people anytime soon. Once you see some other tasks that are a little bit easier starting to be re replaced, then you can see that they're working towards more complex tasks. Uh, another question here, what are uh, the best practices for implementing cloud security in a mobile app specifically? Oh, that's... That's a good one because that that incorporates like IoT devices and everything, and that's 
That's really going back to what Phil said about security awareness. And that's really ensuring that, uh, you know, if, if you have a device uh, that's interacting with a, with a, a mobile application that's in the cloud or you're using the client on your phone, you need to ensure um, that, you know, you're still taking the same security uh procedures that you would just as a normal user, right? That you want to make sure that you're not, lo- that you're locking your phone, that you don't, you're not allowing, you know, just a bunch of random apps on your phone, right? You want to make sure that you're doing things like that. Uh, if you're accessing that app and you're in a Starbucks or something, you want to make sure that you're not on the public Wi-Fi while you're accessing that app. Um, it's just, it's the, it's the same security uh, awareness measures that we take now. It's just with a different uh, background that we don't, we as the users don't even really see. And it seems like this is probably more important now and more relevant now than ever as so many people are working from home and they're away from the traditional office where you've got those barriers and then you've got that security set up. Now it's constant, you know, people taking their laptops to Starbucks, people taking their, you know, devices all over the place and working at their kids, like you mentioned, you know, they're, you're, they're, they're working at their kids' soccer games or, or um, you know, stepping, stepping out someplace else to, uh, to use their devices for work. And so it seems like businesses really need to pay very close attention to this right now. Absolutely. Uh, the, there's a term uh, called the cloud of things, which is very real and, and it's very much here um but it's essentially just the it's it's exactly what it sounds like it's the integration of iot and the cloud and 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 mobile fits in there Mm -hmm. and uh and with that there's already a lot of iot security issues um that uh, folks are still trying to catch up with and cloud is also having a lot of security issues that folks are trying to catch up with and and the same with mobile so when you combined all three of those you're kind of, uh, it's a soup sandwich, essentially, that we're having to uh, organize, <laughs> essentially. Yep, more like attack vectors. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's just more, it's the, the threat <laughs> landscape just opened up. It, it, w- it went from being, you know, a, pl- a dinner plate to a buffet, essentially. <laughs> Good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a question, it's not specifically tied to cloud, but um, given the experience that the two of you had, have, I think, um, you can probably offer some really good insight into this. Um, one of our viewers asked, how, how is the best way to maintain the positive mentality of current employees and keep them motivated? How do you raise team performance and then maintain it as well? Again, not cloud-centric, but um, you, know, you guys are both very smart, very experienced. What's your, your, your words of advice on that? You want to go, Phil? Sure. One of the things I, I do and with my students and people that I've mentored over the years and supervised in, in different roles is just encourage people when they do something good, encourage them, encourage them to, to learn and develop themselves. So that's one of the biggest things to encourage. And even the kind of uh, mention, you know, we kept mentioning security awareness, these security awareness programs where they send the phishing emails out to people. I think a better way to enforce that, reinforce that is to reward people instead of punishing people. So, you know, when you hear the negative, it's kind of hard. People are, you know, you upset people and it's really hard to get them to focus on improving. But if you encourage them when they do it right, positive reinforcement, I think that's a better way. Yeah. And, and to 
you know, with Phil talking more in the, in the general user aspect uh, with, you know, with like security teams and our cloud teams, uh, the big thing is to, especially now that we work in a, in a mobile workforce uh, for the time being, is to ensure that you're still finding ways, and even in this digital world, to keep that technical camaraderie that a lot of security teams have, especially um, in my own experience, the, the most uh, are the, the security teams with the most camaraderie are the, the red teams, the pen test teams. I don't know why. <laughs> but that's just in my own experience is that it's, it's this weird kind of family thing that, that happens. Um, and that's happened on every red team and pen test team I've been on. Um, and so the big thing is to ensure that you're still engaging, uh, in your team members has people and finding out what interests them. Um, something I found successful is to make sure that you allot time for training. Uh, you know, as we work in, you know, a remote workforce, a lot of folks say that they find themselves actually working more, Right. And especially for pen testers, one of the big things that we like to do is that we like to train and, and constantly uh, level up our skills. Um, so it's good to make sure that you're doing like, you know, biweekly CTFs with your team or doing, you know, various training sessions, doing cloud training sessions, things like that. So that when those individuals are happy, they're going to be executing their jobs to the best of their abilities, which a big part of their jobs also falls into what Phil was talking about is giving that security awareness, making sure that they're executing, uh, you know, formal, comprehensible and friendly uh, phishing engagements, right? So that it's not just like, oh, you clicked on the email, you got to do this PowerPoint and say you did it um, versus, you know, actually doing something that's fun, engaging and interactive, Um because at the end of the day, this, the security engineers are the ones that are going to be building out those, uh, those awareness programs or the security teams rather. So. Anything else to add, Phil? No. All right. Uh, well, that is a perfect seg. I really appreciate uh, both of you guys joining us. We're going to wrap up this segment, um, but INE is hosting cloud week from April 12th through the 16th. And so we are going to have a ton of webinars and uh, just a lot of activities that week. Um, some really cool stuff. We're gonna have some giveaways. We've got all the information on our website. And uh, if you are subscribed to INE emails, you'll be getting uh, information about how to register for some of those events, some of the webinars and that sort of thing. And um, I, always like to, uh, I always like to wrap it up by asking a random question. So uh, John, I'm gonna ask you first. What is, uh, what is one thing you have in your pocket right now? In my pocket? <laughs> um, I don't have anything in my pocket, but I've been sitting here holding a pen for about the past 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> Phil, what's one thing you have in your pocket right now? Uh, nothing, but maybe some lint. <laughs> some lint in your pocket. All right. Fair point. I always, I told you, I like to pick a random question and just ask it, see what, uh, see what we can find out. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. This was very informative and uh, hopefully our audience got uh, some insight and some information and a lot of value out of this. Um, again, we will be sending a recorded version of this to those of you who, um, who registered for the webinar through our website. And if you are watching on Facebook, we appreciate that as well. We'll be posting it uh, on Facebook as well. So you can go back and rewatch that. Um, just one more quick plug. We are uh, again, cloud week, April 14th, uh, April 12th through the 16th. And I will be doing lots of cool things that week. 
in the meantime, if you have a uh, an idea for something that you want us to talk about on BizTech Blueprint, you can send me an email at kbrown at ine.com or just use a hashtag BizTechBlueprint on any of our social media platforms. Uh, we'll find it, we promise, and we'd love to answer your questions. So thanks to our audience for chiming in, for being very engaging, uh, throwing a lot of questions out there. And a special thanks to Philip Wiley and John Helmus for joining us today. Really appreciate it, guys. It was a pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you, everyone. All right. Take care. Have a great day. Take care.